We're, we're glad that you're here. Um, what we're doing today is having an extended prayer time for the football games. So that's, that's all we're doing. We're just going to be praying for Peyton Manning. And uh, for, did I hear a boo? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but really, if you feel like praying for the Broncos, it's, it's okay. Um, God is a Bronco fan. <laughs> Sunsets are blue and orange. It's proven. Um, no, we're, we're glad that you're here. My name is Derek. Um, I'm the lead pastor here. If you are visiting with us or, or brand new, you need to know something. We're not launched yet, technically. <laughs> technically, we are launching our services, meaning we're going public Palm Sunday this year. So between now and then, we've been meeting for a few months, what we're doing is trying to build who we are. Uh, we believe God has given us a very specific mission, and it's that right there on the wall, to expand the kingdom of God in our lives and the world around us. We want to grow ourselves with God. We want to grow with each other, and we, we do all this in three ways. That's on the back, our three key relationships up with God. So we're, we focus a lot on how is your relationship with God. We have devotionals on the back table. If you want one, take one. They're really good. But focusing on how do we build this relationship with God, we've been talking a lot about prayer. Um, in is the other relationship, in with each other. Christians are supposed to be in good relationship with each other. In fact, it is, I'd say, our most important thing, second to our relationship with God. And then third is out, our relationship with the world. So that's who we are. That's what we're focusing on, and we're trying to build that DNA here of who we are. How are we with God? How are we with each other? And then how are we going to go out? And it's kind of all at the same time. <laughs> it's not you get one figured out and you move to that. We're doing all of that together. So partly what we're doing during this time, it is, it is preaching. It is teaching. We're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians today, so you can turn there. Um, but there's also an aspect of we're moving a little faster than we will later. We're going to be going through the book of John after Easter, but some of this is a little faster because we've got a lot of information we need to get for what God wants us to be. So go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians, if you would. That's where we're going to be. I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version, not because it's the best one out there. It's the only one, but it's the one we have chosen to use. So if you're on a phone or a tablet, that's great. Go to ESV. I'll tell you now, so... In half an hour, you're not like, oh, that's what it is. Um, so ESV, if you're in one of these Bibles, it is page 663. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and Callie will give you one. Anybody need a Bible? Right back there. And this is for you to take. Write your name on the front like I did and, and take it with you. One more here, please. Excellent. If you're a note taker, there's notes on the seat or the seat next to you, grab it. If you're not a note taker, don't feel like you need to do that. We all learn in different ways. Let me open in prayer, and we're going to begin. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Father, for who you are. I thank you that we can be at peace. Last week, we, we talked about the mission, and the mission of the church is an offensive and offensive battle for souls, and it is a battle, God. But to carry out that mission, it's you. You want to do it anyway. You say in your word that you desire none to be lost, but for all to come to repentance, so it's your mission, and we just team with you. And as we let you live through us, you will carry out your mission. So God, I just pray that we would live in peace, not stress, not anxiousness, not feeling legalistic, like we need to do certain things, but that we would give our hearts fully to you, and you would work in us to give us the peace. You say that you came to give life and to give it abundantly. I pray we would experience that abundant life where we live 
for you and in dependence on you and that you would use us to drastically change Carson City, Mend, and Gardnerville, that you would bring a revival in this area. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are in our second week of a series on the church. Last week, we talked about our mission, and our mission is an offensive mission for souls. It's a battle for souls. The church is here, one, to be in relationship with God and one another. That's our purpose, and we're going to carry out that purpose for eternity, by the way. If you are a follower of Jesus, when you die, you're going to go to heaven, or when he returns, you're going to get a new body, and we're going to be in relationship with God and each other forever. So that really is our purpose, but our mission is something else. Our mission is to reach out and grab others and introduce them to Jesus so they can experience the same life and community with us. So that was last week. Today, we're talking about the church, the body of Christ. Next week, okay, we're going to talk about the church, its leaders and, and structure. And so what does the church look like? It sounds boring, but it's not. <laughs> so don't, don't skip next week. You really ought to know. How is a church supposed to function? We're going to talk about that. And specifically, how are we going to function as a church? But this week, we're talking about the body of Christ. And I'm just going to give you our, our main verse right up front. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's our thesis today. And we're going to dig that out. So if you're looking at that going, I don't get it, you will get it before the end. Now, being that this is the championship games today, we ought to talk about football a little bit. Um, you know, I've always been a Bronco fan. I was born a Bronco fan, and, and it's not something you can change. It's kind of like your skin color. Um, but... I was watching, a, it was a Bronco game, and they were playing a rival, and we had some friends watching with us some years ago, and we're watching the game, and the Broncos are whooping them, and so I'm loving life. And the other team wasn't doing so good, and I know some of you in here are fans of that team, so I won't say who it is, but the friend of ours was there, and he got so fired up that his team was doing so bad, he had to leave. <laughs> he had to go on a drive, and, and I thought, man, you know, we really care about our football games. We really care about these teams, and I've heard it said that NFL games, even college, that, that football is 11 guys in desperate need of a rest and 50,000 people in desperate need of a workout. Yeah. You have 50,000 people watching on and totally invested, but they have nothing to do with what's going on. I mean, it's, it's normal in my house to hear one of my girls say, Dad, you know they can't hear you from here, right? <laughs> As I stand up and I'm yelling at Peyton Manning to make a throw or whatever, you know, they're like, they can't hear you. Yes, they can. Um, that's why I'm not taking this off till the Super Bowl's over. Um, but they can't hear us. And why do we care so much about a football game? But we get into those things. Now, that same parallel can come over to the church. The church often is 50,000 people in desperate need of a workout watching 11 people in desperate need of a rest. You've probably heard it said that the church, in the church, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. In general, that's true. It's not okay, <laughs> but in general, that's true. The other thing, 20% of the people give 80% of the money to the church. And the studies show that that 20%, because at first I heard that, I'm like, well, that's just the wealthy people, they can give more. It's not. It's the normal people, <laughs> like you and me. It's the normal people that give 80%. So that means that there's 80% not doing a whole lot. And we're talking about this because that is not who we want to be. That is not who God has called us to be. We want to be an active church, active, involved, not legalistic, active involved. I said last week that if, if you want to just come and sit and listen, this probably won't be the church for you. And there's somebody that didn't come back because I said that. <laughs> um, and what I mean is you, over time, you won't be comfortable. You know, if, if you need time, 
If you need to get healthy and then get involved, great. You know, get healthy. But eventually, you're going to get uncomfortable. So I hope I'm not offending anybody. <laughs> but but we, we need to be active for the Lord. So this is what we're looking at. But I want to begin with, with something that might feel a little out there, but we need to talk about this when we're talking about the church. What is the church? So we're talking about the identity of the church. Then we're going to talk about where you fit. So first of all, the identity. What do you normally think of when you think of church? A building? Or all the people that go to the building? You know, if I think of church in general, the word church, I think of the steeple that I used to climb when I was a kid. Um, look at the rat's nest up there and the bell that I used to hang on and ding. Um, or I think of the church we got married in with the big red shag carpet. Um, but often we, we think of a building or a place. And the reason, partly, here's a little history lesson for you nerds. Um, our word church in English comes from, really, there's a German word, kirk. And they both come from the Greek word, kyriakos. And so that is the word kyriakos. It's the word that means belonging to the Lord. So if you think back to Jewish times, the time of the temple, that was the Lord's house. It was. The ark was there. God's presence was there for a time. And so that was the Lord's house, kyriakos, belonging to the Lord. And so that word has been translated and come, that's where our word is, church. It's the place that belongs to the Lord and you go in and it's a holy place, you know, and there's a cross on the wall and so that's where you go to do your prayer and things. But that's not biblical. In fact, the word in the New Testament that is most often used for church is not kyriakos. It's ecclesia or ecclesia, depending on how you pronounce it. But it's ecclesia and it doesn't mean a place. What it means is a congregation. It means a group of people. And so, actually, the first, the first English translation by Tyndale, which was translated from the original Greek and Hebrew, he didn't use the word church. He used the word congregation. But that's been changed over time. And so we have this confusion. You know, again, nerds, take notes. Everybody else, just wait a minute. Um, but the word ekklesia, it, it's two words together, ek means to be called out from, ek, to call, um, and kaleo, to call out. So it's out from, separated, and kaleo, to call. So it's to call out. So the church is a group of called out ones. And this is important. We're going to get to this looking at where you fit, but it's important to know that you have been called out. The church is called out to be separated from the world. Not separated as in, we're not in there, but separated in the form of holiness, commitment to God. We don't look like the world. We don't behave like the world, but we're in the world loving the people in the world. So that can be taken too far. If we're separated, we don't, you know, we don't want to be with the sinners. That's not it. <laughs> but we are the called out ones. Ephesians 2.20. And if you feel like turning there, you can. If not, you can listen. Ephesians 2.20, it's page 674, if you're here. But I'm just going to read this because this gives a really good description of the church, the identity. I'm going to start actually in verse 19. So then, Paul writes, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Members of the household of God. One of our very first lessons we talked about, we are adopted. We are sons and daughters of the king. It's an awesome place to be. And we are now members of that household Verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So what is the temple of the Lord? It's a group of people. It's not a place. 
It's you and me if we belong to Jesus. We are the temple of the Lord. Verse 22, he says, In him you also are being built up together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So get this. There is a house of God on earth. There is a God's dwelling place on earth, but it's not a place. It's you and me collectively. Yes, God dwells within you if you're a believer, but really it's us as a unit. We are the church. We are God's dwelling place on earth. We are the temple of God. Pretty rad, okay? Um, here's, a, here's a little picture for us. Going off that Ephesians. So there's a bunch of us, and we're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, it said. So if that's our foundation, the apostles, and I would argue that there is no office of apostle anymore. And so the apostles are what we have written in scripture. That's our foundation. Everything goes back to scripture. Jesus being the cornerstone, okay? So you got the apostles down here in cornerstone. And then the building is built on top of that. And that's each of us individually. And we're going to get into that some. But we are built on top and we are becoming a temple, a dwelling place for the Lord. Now, these were originally for that popcorn machine, which was awesome when we had our movie night. And the kids did this with them. So we can't eat out of them anymore. <laughs> but we'll do this. So here's a temple, okay? And it's made up of a bunch of stones, a bunch of pieces, and each of us makes one of them. Now, none of us is the foundation. Your pastor's not the foundation. Somebody you listen to on the radio is not the foundation. The, the foundation is Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, and the foundation is the apostles as written in the scriptures. But then the house, the building, the temple of God is built on top, and each of us is a part. Now, I want you to look at this. What if we take one out? That's so much fun. But it, but it comes apart. What I, I told you at the beginning that our thesis is, is 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. We are built on one another. And so if each of us is not playing our part, the rest of the body is missing out on something. We're not a whole. So we take one out, and by the way, the part that God has you planned to play, others depend on it. Others depend on it. So we need each of us playing our part, whatever part that is, but it's built up as God's dwelling place on earth. So there's a picture. We might refer back to that, but just think about that. Think about you are just one of those pieces, and as a whole, we are the temple of God, the ecclesia, the called out ones. That's us. Now, back to that, the called out ones. Romans 8.30 says this, and those whom he predestined, he also called, those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. This is back to each individual as part of the whole. Now, some of you right now are like, predestination, are we going to talk about that? No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Is predestination true? Absolutely, yes. I mean, just to, to satisfy you on that, is, is God fully sovereign and chooses? Yes. Are we fully responsible for our decisions? Yes. They're both true. Okay, <laughs> here at Common Ground, both are true. You are responsible for your choices. And I would argue this one more, just say this one. God died for the whole world, not just for those he knew were going to believe. He died for all. So God's grace is good enough for all, but effectual for the elect. That's a side note, but because we're talking about that. But what I want to get from Romans 8.30, it says, those whom he predestined, he also called. He called you. If you are a follower of Jesus, you got a call, you picked it up, and you answered it. If you are here and you have not answered the call, you do not belong to Jesus Christ, you have not placed your faith in him, he's calling you. All you have to do is pick it up. 
and believe and become part of the body, part of this building. So the church is made up, this is in your notes, of individuals called out by God and placed into the community of faith. Again, who does the calling? God. Who does the saving? God through Jesus. That's why we have that cross on the wall. It is through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can enter in to this relationship, enter into this temple to be part of the church, an awesome place. Here's another verse, Ephesians 1.4. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. He chose us before the foundation of the world. Do you realize that? Before he made the first whale, <laughs> before the foundation, he knew you were going to live and he knew who he was going to call. He knew it and he planned it. It is no accident you are here today. It is no accident you're in the family you're in. It is no accident you live in Carson City. You are placed, you are called, and then you are placed into the congregation. And listen, we know that this is because of God's grace. It's not because God looked on, he looked into the future, and he's like, you know what? I really like that David Manser guy. I'm going to pick him. <laughs> you know, or Roy. Man, that guy's good. I need him. I need him. That's not the way it happened. It's totally his grace. Yeah, he didn't look at Derek and go, man, that guy's eloquent. Eloquent. Oh, see, I, mean, <laughs> I need him. I need him to, to help build my church. God doesn't need me. But he looked at me and said, wow, that guy needs help. I'm going to choose him and I'm going to save him on, with what Jesus Christ did. So he chose us, not based on what we did, and he placed us into the body. This is in your notes. If you're a follower of Jesus, God in his sovereignty chose you and set you apart at Kaleho. We are a part of the ecclesia, the called out ones for a purpose. That's your feeling, for a purpose. He chose us to be different. Romans 8.30 says, that, or in Ephesians 1.4 says, to be holy and blameless. So we are to live holy lives because Jesus is living through us. We are set apart, but then he places us into this body. We are all members. Now, here's the thing. Here at Common Ground, we're doing this training. We talk some about what we're going to do. We're not going to have membership. So there's not going to be a membership class where we, you know, not that membership is bad. A lot of church planning, they say you better have membership because people know. But you know what? We're not going to do membership. Instead, what we're going to do is call it all in. Are you all in? Are you all in? Are you all in for Jesus Christ? And even all in on what we're doing. You know, we want you to be part of this mission. But if God has you part of another church, that's great. You know, we have people here that are attending different churches. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. And we're looking for people that are all in for God's mission. And we're going to put you in the body somewhere. We're going to figure out where we fit. So not membership, but, but are you all in? Because if you are, if you belong to Jesus, he wants you all in and he's got a plan for you, a purpose for you. Ephesians 4.8. Now we're going to get to our main passage in 1 Corinthians 12, but we're kind of setting the stage. Ephesians 4.8. When he ascended on high, that's Jesus, died, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven. It says this, when he ascended on high, he led, host, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. That's what we're going to talk about the rest of this service, the gifts he gave to men. Is anybody else warm? <laughs> Can you please open that and prop it? Thank you, Caitlin. Um, those of you that are new, just the heating system is weird. The front goes like this and the back goes like that. And so to keep it warm for the kids. So anyway, bear with us. Um, shed your sweaters if needed. It's okay. But it says he gave gifts to men. Each one of us built on the apostles and prophets, has been given a gift, given a gift to use. 
And again, I told you our thesis is 1 Corinthians 12, 7. So go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians. And our thesis is this. By the way, you young ones, a thesis, when you're writing a paper or something, you put your thesis, it's your main point. You need to have it. So there you go. You all should get A's in English. But your thesis statement, this is what this paper is about. What is this sermon about? Here's the thesis, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the common good. Every follower of Jesus is given a unique gifting, which is a special ability to be used for the common good, not for your selfish purposes, for the common good. Let's look with me, 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to read verses 4 through 7. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are, a, there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Why did Paul have to say this? That there's a variety of gifts, but one God who gives them all. He chooses who gets what. Because the problem is, we start to elevate, don't we? We start to look at different gifts and go, well, this one's more important than that one, and I want that one. And, and so you get into this, and so he had to put it in there to go, no, they're all the same. He's writing to the Corinthians. The Corinthians had a problem with speaking gifts, speaking in tongues, preaching, things like that. They elevated those people. And he had to tell them, no, 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 no. All are needed. God places all where he would. And so we don't want to elevate. It's the same spirit that works through them all. We need to be united. Um, this is in your, your notes, but God designed the church to be full of diverse people united by faith. There's a variety of gifts, and if we don't recognize that, we have a tendency to all become the same, you know, or, or try and pretend like we're the same, and then we exclude those who are not like us, but we need a diverse grouping of gifts. We need everybody, so unity in diversity, that's the church. That's the church. Um, for me, I have, I have a leadership gift. Um, that's one of my things. I see the vision. I see where to go. God has gifted me in that way. Um, you know, I may have a teaching gift. I'm very adaptable. Things come. I, I'm not rattled. We go with it. But here's the thing. I need administrators around me. <laughs> here's, you know, here's how we build up, okay? You know, and, and maybe, maybe this one's me right here. You know, and I, I, have, a, I have a leading gift. But the details, eh, who cares? <laughs> That's kind of me, you know, and, and I'm, I do the best I can to work on those things, but you know what? I'm not naturally gifted in that area. Kelsey, stop laughing. <laughs> I'm not naturally gifted in that area. If I, you know, if we all had all the gifts, I mean, wouldn't we be great? We need each other. So here's me, but if anything is going to be built on what I do and worthwhile, I need people with administrative gifts around me. If not, even what I do is going to have no value. There's not going to be any building on that. Do you get that, how we, how we need each other? And there's some humility in that. If I have people with administrative gifts around me who know the details, I better listen to them. I better listen. I better be able to humble myself, and get, you know, because I'm on this train. We're going there. That's where we got to go. And sometimes people like Kelsey and Kara and even my wife and Alex, they're like, slow down. How are you going to do that? Who cares? Let's go. <laughs> we, we need each other, and we need the humility to work together to listen to each other, but we're all part of one body. So look back, if you would, uh, verses 8 through 10. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10 says this. 
For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability of, to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of t- tongues. Verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Again, unity among diversity, and he decides who gets what's gift, what gift, and he places where he wants in Carson City and in which church he wants. There's a lot of good churches around here, and he'll place people in those churches to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So he places us there. Necessary diversity. Look at verse 14 with me. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, the whole would not make it any less a part of the body, or that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. What's his main point there? His main point in that section is there's a variety. We need them all. So you don't look at others and go, I wish I had that. There's a tendency to elevate certain gifts and want them and try to have them. That's his, his point is don't look at somebody else. I look at Matt, you know, wow, Matt, I think has the gift of evangelism. I wish I was like that. You know, I wish, oh man, I want to be like that. He's so great. You know, or I look over here um, and I see, you know, people argue music isn't a spiritual gift necessarily, but it is, it is a gift God gives to you. So I look over at Roy who is gifted. And I'm like, I wish I could play music like that. Or my wife, I wish I could sing. She says I'm tone deaf, but I'm not. <laughs> but, but, you know, oh, I wish I was like that, that I could sing like that. His point here is don't look at others and elevate them because of their gift. And look at yourself and go, I'm worthless. You know, I just have this gift with kids. It's, uh, woe is me. You know, we need all of them. You know, maybe you're good with your hands. You don't like to be in front of people. (laughs) That's okay. You know, I just want to be behind the scenes. I want a vacuum. You know what? That's needed. And that's a valuable part. So he, everybody should recognize that. But then he goes on and looks at the other side of that same coin. So look with me at verse 21. He says this, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Here's his point here. Just like you shouldn't look at others and go, I'm worthless because they have these great gifts. If you're one of those that has a gift that's elevated, you shouldn't look at others and go, I don't need you. Well, what I do is way more important than what you do. You're just, you know, you're not all that important. You know, you just do this or that. There's no arrogance with our gifts. And there's a tendency for that. There absolutely is. In the Corinthian church, those who had uh, the, the gift of speaking in tongues were looking down on those who didn't. And some of that still goes into churches today where they say, well, everybody should speak in tongues. It's the most important. You know what? It's one gift among many. And so we shouldn't have arrogance, but we shouldn't have, you know, too low a view of what our gifts are. We need to be part of the body and welcome everybody else in. This is in your notes, I think. (laughs) Followers of Jesus are called to be interdependent, not independent. Interdependent, not independent. We need each other. Guess what? 
If you are part of the body of Christ, you belong to him, and you're not actively using what God has gifted you with, the rest of us are missing out. We are. Things would run a little better if you got involved using your gift. Now, here's the other side of it. You need us. <laughs> There's things you lack that we have, that others have. You need us. It goes both ways. We need you, you need us in order to be all that God would have for us to be. But here's this, Colossians 1, 18. And this is speaking of Jesus Christ. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the head. You know, we have this, this body picture and you picture the body, what controls all of it? <laughs> the head. Okay, if there's something wrong with the head, the body doesn't work right. You know, you see that in injuries and things like that. That's why he uses this. If, you're, if your head isn't right, if you're not letting the head do what it should do, the rest isn't going to function very well. None of us is the head. A pastor is not the head. Jesus is the head. Let's go back to that ship analogy. We talked about a ship the other day. Uh, when we were talking about prayer. And so you have a ship that's going in a direction and, and the ship is full of the church. Okay, that's all of us. And we all have a part to play on the ship. And so, you know, you're doing the rigging and all that. Uh, but the ship isn't gonna move unless you drop the sails. And we're going back in time before motors. You know, you drop the sails, now the ship can move and the sails are prayer. So the church in prayer drops the sails, but then the ship still doesn't move until the Holy Spirit moves and pushes that sail. And now the ship moves. So as a body, we need to drop those sails in prayer, but we're also all workers on that ship. And we all have different roles. Somebody needs to be tying the rope off. Somebody needs to be doing something else. You know, and on that ship, me as a pastor, my role would, would be at the helm there for, for common ground. I'm one of those steering with wise counsel. With you know, There's others of us in leadership. Our role is to do some steering. And others are maybe navigating. Look at that. Hey, you should steer that way. Okay. But the captain is Jesus Christ. <laughs> So Jesus Christ is standing on deck. He's the captain. He's given all the instructions and everybody is listening, doing their part. So what is your part on the ship? You know, if somebody is just sitting on the ship, they're just going to be tripped on. <laughs> they're just going to be getting in the way. You know, and I like to view, you know, change it a little bit. We're more like a Coast Guard ship. So we're all together on the ship working, but we're going to save people. Okay? I don't know. Like it if you don't. Whatever. <laughs> um, but again, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. If you are saved, you belong in the church. You belong to Jesus Christ. You're adopted as part of his family. You've been given a gift that is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It is a God-given gift. It is a superpower. This summer at, at Cowboys Rest, the theme is superheroes. And so we're going to be talking about gifts and things like that. But it's a superpower. You have a superpower. Really cool. It's not flying, you know, but it, it's something else. Um, you have a superpower. Are we, are we using it for the common good? 1 Peter 4.10 says this. As each has received a gift, because you have if you belong to Jesus, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. The gift you have is given to you by God's grace. By God's grace. So he says, use it to serve one another. Use it. Use your gift to serve one another. Now, there's several lists of gifts in, in scripture, and we're not gonna go through that. The point today isn't to define each gift. The point is to say you have one and get involved. If you want to study the definitions of gifts, that's your job this week, go do that. There's a handout on the back table there. Oh, she already got one. Okay, some of you may have already got them. Um, 
Take one per couple if you don't mind. I only made 30. But it's a list of gifts with definitions. Grab that and go and look at it, okay? Figure out maybe what your gift is. But I, I have to say this. Do not wait till you know your gift to get involved. Don't wait to know your gift. Some people, well, I don't know where I'm gifted. Well, what are you doing? Nothing. Well, you're never going to learn your gift then because <laughs> your gift is to be used for the body and serving one another. If you're not out trying things, you might not, never, you might not ever know what your gift is. So here's my encouragement to you. Get involved. Get, get going doing something. And as you do, you'll learn what your gift is. On your handout there at the bottom, there is a, a website that you can go and take a spiritual gifts inventory. I encourage you to do it. Go take the test. It takes 10 minutes, if that. Go take the test, but then do this. Ask three people around you, what do you think my gifts are? And I'll bet you what they tell you will be more accurate than the test you take. People that know you well, but, but figure that out. Now, I took this test this week, and it was kind of interesting. My top three were pastor, leader, and faith. Well, I've never had that one before. Why would, I, why would that one pop up on the list right now? well, what are we doing? <laughs> we, are, we are on this new mission for God and I am forced to trust God. Is that a spiritual gift? I, you know, it is right now. I need it right now and God gave it to me right now. I think sometimes gifts are given for a season when you, it's, God has this just-in-time delivery service. When you need a gift, if it's for his kingdom, he'll give it to you just in time. So I thought that was kind of funny. I look, I'm like, faith, no way. I guess so right now. I'm at peace for, with what God is doing. You know, I'm getting my business going to, to help make ends meet. and what, God is blessing, and, and I have to have faith. So the point is, get involved, get going, and God will show you. But ask people around you. Ask them what they think your gift is. Try some things. The other thing that we have in the back, because we want to we help you, okay? What we're going to be at Common Ground is, is not legalistic, but we want to help you be all you can be. <laughs> <laughs> We, we want to help you figure out where your place is in the body, where you will find, and it's not about personal fulfillment, it's about the mission of God. Where do you fit? Where do you fit? We want to help you do that. So on the back, the other thing we have is a handout. There's a clipboard saying how you can be involved. Please go look at it on your way out, and please sign up for something. If you're not involved, put your name down on something. And if you don't, know, if, you know, you don't fit into one of those, put your name down anyway, or you know, write something else. Just put something on there. But we need people to do the media. You know, David is doing a lot with media stuff. He's awesome, but he's not Superman. Right? Okay, <laughs> his wife not. He can't do everything. He needs help. We need other people that can volunteer to help do some of the putting slides together um, on, on Sunday back there doing that. We need people that can do various things. We need help with the kids. Um, we're going to be launching our small groups in March. Um, and, and I think most of our gifts, because think about a church. How many places in the church can you serve? There's only a handful. And as a church gets bigger, that number doesn't increase very much. And so what you end up getting is a whole bunch of people watching a few people do the work because there's only a few places to do it on Sunday. That's why we're launching groups and we're all about the groups. I think your gifts are going to be mostly used within your groups. I do. That's where you're going to find your gifts. You're going to use them with one another and then we're going to go use them with the world. That's why it's important to get part of a group. And again, those are going to start in March, so that's coming. But until then, please sign up and try some things out. Try it out with the kids. You know, if you've never done it, try it out with, with somebody who's good at it. And you may go, oh, this isn't for me, or wow, kids actually like me. Um, try several things. But the point is, is just get involved. The point is get involved. 
I'm, I'm going to add one more thing to our to-do. <laughs> Pray. We've been focusing on prayer. If you haven't been coming or you haven't found it, we have uh, Common Ground Carson. You can get the podcast. Just look it up. Common Ground Carson podcast. You can listen to the messages you've missed. But what I'm doing each midweek, I'm doing a podcast. It'll be between five and six and a half minutes long. And there's two so far, two or three so far. They're on prayer. And I'm going to keep doing that for probably the next month and a half or so, a, a short midweek podcast on prayer, because we believe that if we're not praying, we're not going to be very successful. <laughs> we need to be praying. And so I would ask you, we've, we've had a challenge. The challenge, this is really cool. This is kind of fun. The challenge that I gave three weeks ago is try and pray for 10 minutes a day. And if you can't do it first thing in the morning, roll out of bed before you put your clothes on, just roll out of bed and just pray or stay in bed and pray. You know, I actually tried that this week and I couldn't do it. I'm like, dude, you, <laughs> you know, maybe get up. But, but what works for you? But commit to praying 10 minutes, 10 minutes a day. And I'm going to pass that on. That's our challenge still. Because a lot of people have been telling me, I, I took the challenge. My sister called me this week and she was asking questions. She said, I've been listening to the podcast and I've taken your challenge. I'm trying to pray 10 minutes a day. But I feel like I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> and we had a good conversation. Because you know what? Some... It takes practice. How do you do it right? And so listen to those podcasts, study the word. But the main thing is just do it. Just do it. Try to pray for 10 minutes a day. And I would say this, this week, pray about where you think God would have you serve. Whether it's here or whether it's somewhere else, pray about where God would have you serve and then get involved. Get involved. Because like this tower, we are the body of Jesus Christ. He is the head. He tells us where to go. But if you are not active using your gift, the rest of us are missing out. We, we need you to get involved. Let me pray, and we're going to close with one more song. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that none of us is the captain of the ship. Thank you that you are the captain. Thank you that we can trust you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you for the gifts that you've given us to be used for your glory. God, we know that they've been given to us for the common good. Father, I pray that we would, we would be faithful. And your, your half-brother James wrote, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. God, we want to be doers of your word because it's you living through us, Father. And we want to figure out where we fit. Father, help us. Help us, please. Show us where each of us fits and let us get involved. Father, show us where to get involved and show us maybe when we're doing the wrong thing and, and plug us in. But God, I just pray that this body would be a united body full of diverse people using their gifts. And if they don't know them, I pray that they would use them anyway because they're getting going, they're, they're getting involved. But God, it's all for your glory. And Father, I, I just pray, I pray for this city. I pray for Carson City, for Garden, Gardnerville, for Minden, that you would work in all of the churches that you would work a revival. You would draw people to you. You would grab the people that belong to you. You would send them into the harvest. Send workers into the harvest. Father, we love you. This is all for you. You get all the credit for anything good that ever happens. <laughs> we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.